0: You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network, where the geeks you deserve and the ones you need, right now. I'm on my own, against the wall, the pressure's building, but no, I will never fall, instead of crying, they hear me roar, and now I see that I'm way better than before, I never needed you at all. Think I fall down, I'ma watch you fall down.
1: It's a brand new episode of What Comes Next, Cinema Geekly's NXT Companion Podcast. It is Anthony and Jacqueline back to talk more NXT. Hello, Jacqueline.
2: Hi, Anthony.
1: <laughs> oh, so the first episode was a bigger success than I, I guess I could have hoped for.
2: That's exciting.
1: People responded to it, uh, which was crazy. I don't think I've gotten an email, in okay. uh, mainly because I haven't asked for emails in forever. Okay. Uh, So these were all unsolicited questions from, I received questions from wrestling fans.
2: I am so excited about this, and I hope they keep coming. That
1: seemed, they seemed, they seemed mostly interested in you. Uh, We were talking about this off air, but you're kind of like, I guess to like old wrestling fans like me and others, Mm -hmm. um, you're just like uh, some sort of zoo exhibit that we've never seen before, I guess.
2: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> who is this person new to wrestling? Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh but they so a few people, uh some people I know that are have been listening to Cinema Geekly stuff for a while, and uh some people I have no idea who they are. They just said that they uh like the show. And awesome. they wanted to know some stuff. So they send some questions, I will ask them, and okay. I'm curious to hear Um, I'm not going to bother reading through the whole email because some of them were more than just a question. They were, you know, like, you know, hi, I'm this and that, and this is what I thought about the show, and I have some questions. So I'm not going to do that to save on time because one of the biggest complaints was that we talked way too much before talking about NXT last week, so.
2: Right. So we're going to get right into wrestling this time.
1: Yeah. Uh, Straight away, (laughs) first question to Jacqueline, of course. Uh, Okay. Who are your favorite performers? They don't have to just be NXT. Okay.
2: Okay. So I I thought long and hard about this, and I'm going to tell you who my favorite is. Mm-hmm. It is Finn Balor. Ah, I love that's him.
1: Not a bad pick at all,
2: right? I absolutely love Finn Balor. Yeah, um, he's great. So yeah, and um, I guess he came out as the demon at a recent pay per view. I missed it, yep, but SummerSlam. um, yeah, yes, okay. Um, but I do enjoy him. I like the I like I think he's very athletic. Um we watched the documentary on him actually when he pops his shoulder back into
1: place. He's such a sweetheart, isn't he?
2: He's the nicest person. Well, one of. I also think John Cena is a really nice person, but we'll get into that at a later time. Sure. Um uh but yeah, so I, I really like Finn Bálor. Um I also really like Sami Zayn.
1: Oh, that's another great choice.
2: Thank you. I I like to think I have good taste.
1: <laughs> um I uh I mean, I like both of those guys too. A lot. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I'm at a point with WWE that when they're not on NXT anymore, to me, it's almost as if they got <laughs> traded to another team.
2: I gotcha. Uh, well, I will say, though, I think that they need to do more with Finn Balor. I think he could be, like, really great. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I just blame Vince McMahon for that.
1: He started out really hot when they brought him in. Uh, yeah. Like he came out his re- first night and he beat uh, he won a four way match and then he beat Roman Reigns and then he became the first Universal Champion and that's also the match where he got hurt. Right. And by the time he came back, they already had plans with other people rolling, which is as is often yes. the case, and they seem to have not really gotten but- the ground underneath him since then, which is right. Sad.
2: I forget about him, but he's always like the second one out in like the Royal Rumble. So and he yeah. lasts. So it's like clearly you know he's talented. Just like let him do something. Uh, give him give him something. Give yeah, him a belt. I,
1: <laughs> I think he's excellent. And Sammy is also hurt right now, but um they're always hurt. <laughs> Sammy has one of my two favorite NXT uh moments and feuds of all time. The feud when mm-hmm. he, he had a feud with Neville over the NXT championship, which was probably my favorite thing NXT ever did until Uh, they did the Sasha Banks and Bailey feud, which was even better. Okay. Uh, and that's been since surpassed for me by the Champa Gargano thing, but, uh, I love Sami Zayn a lot. And also, um, if you ever get to hear him like talk outside, like he's done a few podcasts where he just talks about like music and things like that. And he's such a relatable guy. That's Uh, awesome. He's incredibly likable. Uh, That's
0: awesome.
1: us. <laughs> any takes? I listen. Any takes on Roman Reigns? Hate him. Wow. Next question. <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't like him.
1: I don't. I, I don't think. hate him. I do. Uh, I mean, I don't hate him as a performer. Yeah. I feel like he's been badly written or oh, badly he's... or badly cast.
0: Yeah. If I, I don't were to think know. of.
1: Like if I were to think of this as a role, I think he's been cast poorly. Like when I see this guy, mm-hmm. I mean there's a there's a lot of things I dislike about his his story arc. Um mm-hmm. I think a lot of guys traditionally have this story where they kind of start from the bottom. Like and you any big name from the recent past you can think of, guys like Triple H or The Rock or Steve Austin, or even Shawn yeah. Michaels a little further back, all had these things where they were bottom of the barrel wrestlers that slowly worked their way up by winning the mid-card championships or the tag team championships, and then eventually rose to become a top guy. And Roman Reigns never really had that. No. His rise was a... Oh, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, the fact that they're, like, shoving him down your throat makes me hate him even more, because I'm like, I don't want to be forced to like some
1: Yeah, they're really sticking to their guns with him, and... He, for me, why I say he's miscast, like I see this guy and like his, like his facial expressions, the way he says things, his body language, things like that. To me, he's just one of those guys that oozes bad guy charisma. Oh yeah. Like he should
2: be a heel.
1: He seems like, yeah, he seems like he'd be a natural at it. Like really good. Mm -hmm. The crowd is already booing him anyway. I know he sells, I know he sells a lot of merchandise, but. But Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, as far as I know, it's merchandise to people who don't attend the television shows, and therefore right. are people who are not making noise for him. Mm-hmm. And they and- they are keep, they are just, they keep drilling at it, and it, nothing they do is ever going to work.
2: No, and they really need to think of how much fans love the bad guys, and that if he turned heel, they would sell even more merchandise.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is going to lead into another question later uh, one of which i actually have very strong opinions about but oh um next question have you watched a wrestlemania yet uh presuming you have what did you think of it
2: um I, I have i don't think i've been able to stay up through the whole thing such a
1: long show
2: so that being said it's entertaining for the most part mm-hmm. uh i remember there being some matches where i'm just like what the hell is happening here um this is losing my interest but it's really just long it's too long. It's that's my biggest criticism.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean there like if you've never seen one before it's like a regular WWE show but i guess pun intended on steroids. Um yeah. it's huge, it's grand. It is a spectacle uh largely for me, it's kind of become my biggest interest. And I will watch WrestleMania every year, despite not being a main roster watcher. Yeah. Uh, because for me, the highlights of WrestleMania every year are what's the set design look like? And what cool entrances do we get to see? And if yes. we get good matches, that's sometimes a bonus. I would say for me, the best match from this last year's was uh, Charlotte and Oscar. I thought had the best match on the show. But mm-hmm. it was a long show, so long. And even though it was pretty good up through a certain portion of the show, if you watch the pre-show, it's like six hours.
2: It's too much. Like the, yeah. that's and, and I always feel bad. Like the people who go, like I know that they're super fans and all that, but Mega like fans, yeah. that is a long time to be sitting in a stadium.
1: You want to know the crazy like, thing? If that's blowing your mind, most of those people who fly in. Because uh, uh-huh. that's a big fly-in show, so people from all yep. over the world. Most of them will go to NXT the night before, then Mania, yes. and then the really nuts ones will also be there for Raw for and SmackDown. Because they'll, they'll do them all, like, right in a row.
2: Now, I understand going to NXT the night before, because that's like an hour, hour and a half, maybe, like, whatever.
1: Yeah, they like, do about two, They well, they've kind of extended it out to about two to two and a half hours, but that's, like, that's perfect. That's like that's a, doable. That's an Avengers movie, sure.
2: <laughs> yes, I can sit there for that. Mm-hmm. But no, that's it's it's way too long, way too much. Uh, but usually, isn't isn't it the two shows after WrestleMania when they usually move people up from NXT to the main roster? Yeah, so that's so, always kind of cool to see.
1: So yeah, I will I will keep an eye on that just to see the people who I'm going to be like, well, I won't get to see them anymore.
2: Right, uh, right.
1: But that's to me one of the best things about NXT is that they have. Um, they shuffle their talent up so it's never the same for too long you always get new and refreshed characters uh on all parts of the card not just the top or the bottom everywhere uh it kind of refreshes their lineup every couple years it's pretty cool uh thoughts on fans cheering for bad guy characters
2: i think it's fine i mean they're characters sure what are you, you going to do? do? Some some of some of the bad guys are just fun too. Mm-hmm. Uh, another favorite is um, a tag team. I like the Bar, and mm. I saw them live, and I was the only one cheering for them. Everyone else was booing them, and I felt great about it. So, <laughs> more power to you.
1: So, do you think you're a horrible person, or like you're attracted to these these bad characters? Is there a part we, of you that that thinks only? that? Yeah, like deep down inside, do you think maybe you're a bad person because you like these bad guys?
2: No, no, because I know (laughs) I know it's a character. It's like watching a movie, and like it's like watching the Avengers, and like Loki. Like I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's just a pain in the ass.
1: Like, like yeah, and I get that. I I definitely do get that a little bit. I think what it is mm -hmm. for me, the fans that I guess the ones that really irk me are Mm -hmm. like cheering for Loki. That's okay, right? Because mm-hmm. he's charming. He's kind of funny. Yeah. A little bit handsome. Yeah. You know, I get it. There is there is stuff to like there. And, and you know underneath, he's yes. kind of a good guy. Right. And, but so, like, so I'll see people who cheer for, to me, like people who are cheering for like Champa, who is like, I, now I like him, but I like to not like him. That's fair. To me, it's like cheering for Thanos, who is like a character who doesn't have any redeemable qualities to him. Okay. He's like, I love you, Gamora, but I'm going to throw you off a cliff now and you're dead. Like, you don't really love her that much if you're going to kill her. Like, so, and I know the reason. Yes. To to me, I know the reason they're cheering for Champa, and it's because they know that Champa is a good performer. And he's playing his role so good that they want to cheer him. But to me... Like, Mm -hmm. if you want to say you're doing an awesome job, you know, Tommaso Ciampa, you heckle him and you boo him because that's what he wants you to give him.
2: And that's what happens in this next episode. I'm so excited to talk about it soon.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm, I'm, I'm there a little bit. I'm not there a little bit. And sometimes, and look, WWE's writing and they're, they're not having the finger on the pulse of the people who go to their live television shows hurts this a lot. You'll end up with situations like the Becky Lynch thing where she's supposed to be a bad guy, but they told a story where everyone would sympathize with her. So Mm -hmm. when she turned on her friend, everyone cheered. Right. Because they don't know. (laughs) I guess sometimes they just forget what they're doing. Uh, Yeah. So I can see how it can confuse reactions. Like sometimes they they just make the wrong call.
2: But also you got to figure performers flip so much between face and heel that... If you're going to root for the same person, whether they're a good guy or a bad guy, that's just loyalty.
1: Yeah, they're going to turn back in a year anyway, so...
2: Exactly. And you're going to love them just as much.
1: Uh, Final question. What is your outside awareness of wrestling? Like, outside of WWE? Stuff like All In, PWG, Japan. Have you watched any of this stuff?
2: I know it exists.
1: (laughs) That's a step above me at your stage in wrestling <laughs> fandom. When when I was about your level of in to wrestling, yeah. I thought it was WWF and nothing existed. I didn't up. know that, like, WCW was, like, j- almost just as big and also on network television or okay. any of these other things that existed. I thought it was the only wrestling in the world. So that you know these things even exist is a... You're much further ahead than I was. And
2: And to be fair, I only know, like... Ring of Honor and New Japan because they mention them on NXT. Like,
1: they, will. That's,
2: they will. And that's the only reason I know that they're <laughs>
1: Yeah, That's like, so they can, those are the, the bona fides for new characters for like really smart wrestling fans that like, yeah. this guy was an IWGP champion or this guy was a former Ring of Honor, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, I, I will note because uh, Somebody asked me two questions that I didn't... I mean, I might as well answer them. They're not long answers. Uh, okay. The first one is, yes, we will probably talk about NXT Takeovers for sure, because that's, to me, like the best part of NXT. Hell like, yeah. Like, all of the best stuff happens at those shows. So yes. we will absolutely talk about them. And also, yes, I did watch All In, and I thought it was a very good show for people who know what uh, All In is. Uh, it's actually kind of historic uh, in a way. I don't even know if this made it into your your circle no. of of wrestling knowledge. Uh I guess quick uh a real quick story, there are these independent guys who are contracted for Ring of Honor, but they Ring of Honor is not really tightly contracted. They can work in Japan and a okay. few other places. Uh and somebody had asked a wrestling journalist if they if the journalist thought Ring of Honor could someday do 10,000 fans. Their, I think their record was about 7,500, 7, 8,000, something like that. It okay. uh, was like their record crowd size. And 10,000 is a little bit closer to what WWE does. Um, mm-hmm. And this guy said, not anytime soon. And uh, one of these independent guys, uh, you know, said, I'll take that bet. He used to work for WWE. His name is Cody Rhodes. His brother is Gold Dust.
2: There's, oh yeah,
1: I know the, what that is. Yeah, he used I, to be well, he used to be Stardust.
2: Uh-huh. Uh
1: but anyway, he's like I'll take that bet and him and some of his independent wrestling friends decided they were going to they have a fairly popular YouTube series that they you know kind of work their own storylines in. Some of it is serious, some of it is really goofy. It's a mixture of various flavors of pro wrestling. And uh they decided they were going to take their audience that they had built from their YouTube show and they were going to, you know, call in favors from all of their friends and they were going to do the show in Chicago in a building that would hold, um, you know, 10,000 people and they sold it out in 30 minutes. Uh, in fact, they ended up doing 11,000 something I think was the final number. Uh, they ended up getting a slot on WGN America to show the pre-show and the show was aired on pay-per-view and uh i want to say uh shortly after they announced the sellout for this show ring of honor and new japan announced that they're going to do a joint show wrestlemania weekend for next year's wrestlemania uh which awesome. is which is in the new york area and they announced that they're going to do that show at madison square garden uh wow. which was wwf's old stomping grounds and wwf tried to block or wwe tried to block them from using the garden and they lost. So they got to run yeah. the show and new Japan and ring of honor sold out Madison square garden already. So, uh, wow. it's kind of a historic time for not WWE wrestling. Like it's getting hot. Like people yeah, are really, bigger. people are really invested in it. Basically WWE was, was the only company doing 10,000 or more people for basically since 2001. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's been a while since wrestling has gotten, um, you know, back to that level. So,
2: well, the uh, internet has made it easy to find all that it has.
1: stuff. So. And here we are, having talked for seventeen minutes already, and haven't even touched on NXT. Apologies to everybody. We're going to talk about NXT right now. Here uh, we go. Episode number four hundred and sixty-eight. Let's hop right into it. Uh, this is the second week in a row, Jacqueline, where we just start with a match,
2: or did yes. we start with a
1: match, or did we start with Ciampa walking going into no. the building?
2: Oh, maybe.
1: I think there was like a shot of Ciampa walking into the building or something, maybe. There but was nothing like, crazy. That was like the cold open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he basically lied to us because he said he wasn't going to come back until there was a reason to. And he came back and there wasn't much of a reason for him to come back, but he did. <laughs> that bad guy is a liar. Uh, the opener was uh, Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch against Adrian Jowd and Cesar Benoni. This is. Yes uh Lorcan and Birch's first match back since NXT Takeover Chicago uh mm-hmm. where they lost the tag title match to Undisputed Era and Lorcan was hurt. So this is his uh first match uh back from that. And uh they basically killed these two Brazilian guys. Yep. Did Lorcan and Birch who I think are in desperate need of a tag team name? Who
2: which ones? Lorcan and Birch
1: well Lorkin yes. and Birch. Adrian Jouud and Cesar Bononi were basically just guys to get pummeled. Yeah. Uh they uh they go in there, they uh they kick the crap out of these guys. Uh Jaud and Bononi get a like a little bit in. Uh but, but not uh, much. Yeah, they kill this Adrian Jouud guy with their uh DDT double team finisher. And uh Pretty the, cool. the fans chant one two at them because this is their <laughs> only other defining thing is that Oni will hold up a one. And, and Birch will hold up a peace sign. Yes. Um, so, what do you, what do you think of any impressions <clears throat> of the this match or these guys?
2: Um, Lorkin and Birch. Yeah. So first of all, I'm going to say I love Lorkin's name. Um, it's such a weird it's, name, it's, right? But it's so fun to say, like <laughs> like Lorkin. Like it's just fun. Yeah. Makes yeah, it's just fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if he ever teams up with Ricochet, they can their team name could be One and Oni. So, oh my
2: god, I love it. <laughs> that could be these guys' name. Sure. Maybe. Why not? Um. But no, it, it was it was a fun match. It was fast. It was very quick. Um, yeah. They like to keep a swift pace at NXT, which is something I, I appreciate. Which is why I think I sit and watch it. Yeah. Um. The matches don't go on for too long, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was it was a good way to like set it off. You're, the guys you wanted to win won. It was it was nice. I liked
1: it. Yeah. So this was like uh, I, what I thought was actually kind of a theme for this episode, uh, yeah. and it's something you'll see frequently, at least in NXT. Uh, it's something I like to call a reestablishment match, mm-hmm. where. These guys have been off for a while, and they've come back to reestablish themselves as uh, a good tag team that will beat you up and win. Do you know the their their couple's story? The No,
2: I do not. The
1: ship story between Lorcan and Birch? <laughs> uh, so as you can tell, these are two rough guys who are not fancy. Yes. They just pummel you. Yes. Uh, they were at one time singles wrestlers. And they had a series of matches against each other where they pummeled each other badly, and mm. afterwards they're like, "You know what? we'd probably be like really good pummeling people together. their yeah. beating of each other up brought them together
2: that's beautiful
1: <laughs> what a what a lovely story! It's yeah. like you know what I mean it was fun beating you up, but wouldn't it be fun beating up people together?" Clearly it would,
2: double the power.
1: And a bromance was born. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
2: And um so actually, I've seen Cesar Bononi and Adrian jawood live. Yes. And so, um and seeing them live, um I'm sorry, I don't remember, oh, it's C- Cesar. Yeah. Um, he's just such a jerk live, but like he's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. So like, so like, I didn't care who they, I'm like, they're just going to lose. Like, this guy's a jerk. Like. Yeah, so um, I was happy that
1: they did. <laughs> and Benoni is such a make funnable name. I mean, I can it see is. why he's so defensive about it. Yes, they do. And he seem... has like that
2: pencil mustache. You are like, <laughs> what are you doing?
1: <laughs> he's got that little Superman curl or whatever going on yeah. in the front of his hair. Uh, they see. You know, it's weird because they're both Brazilian. They seem yeah. like such a mismatch, though, because one's like a big kind of muscular guy, and the other dude looks like a dude out of a like a Virtua Fighter game or something. He comes out with like a gee. Gi- and he's yeah. barefoot. Apparently you kind of he...
2: want him to do, like, capoeira or whatever. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Apparently he knows a lot of martial arts. Uh, and I also learned something that I probably should have learned in my geography class, but I had no idea that the, the prevalent language of Brazil is Portuguese. I learned yes. that thanks to this episode of NXT. So you learned something, too. Yeah. <laughs> It's worldly. (laughs) I just figured Brazil, people from Brazil spoke Brazilian, but, uh, apparently not. Or maybe it's Portuguese, everybody. So, uh, Tommaso Ciampa came to the ring. He has theme music now. So weird. It is weird to hear him come out with theme music, but, uh, the, the, the new theme music is like, everyone will be destroyed or something. It's, it's very Ciampa-esque. Uh, he comes out, uh, he says that the music is there for a reason. It's a cue for everybody to shut up.
0: Yes. Uh, so,
1: <laughs> so that was good. Uh, he addressed speculation that he attacked Aleister Black. He said he did not because uh, if he were to attack Aleister Black, he would have done it in front of an audience so everyone could watch. Yes. Uh, typical egotistical uh, uh He intended to jump Black. Uh, but he said somebody had beat him to it. So this is like the second guy who said they would have done it, but they got beat to it. Right. Uh, he said he is curious about who did it because he wants to congratulate them. Uh, and uh, he also says that the the title belt is, is speaking to him, and he offers to translate it, saying that the belt thanked him for bringing the title back to main event status. Uh, because up until this last NXT TakeOver, Ciampa and Gargano were main, to, main eventing, takeovers without the championship on the line uh so he's such an ass he's an asshole uh but he's
2: so good at it
1: yes uh uh so yeah he he basically this was just him putting himself over here uh but he lied to us Jacqueline. he said he wasn't going to come back unless he had a reason i mean i guess his reason was he just wanted to gloat
2: yeah uh he just wants to tell us all we're we're a bunch of idiots and like he's the best and um mm-hmm. yeah, he just he just wants to make himself relevant, I think.
1: Yeah. But uh, I respect who, it. Who are you interested is there anybody you're interested in seeing him uh defend against next? Cuz I as far as I know they don't have anybody lined up yet.
2: Probably not, but I got to be honest. I can't, I the, I am so like Embedded in this chompa gargano storyline, I don't know if I want anyone else
1: <laughs> i mean they are I mean they are going to take a break from from Johnny for a bit, so so crazy I know he like, won't I want to see
2: the okay like I want to see the two of them just beat the crap out of each other until one of them moves on like that like just just keep that going mm-hmm. um but if it's not gonna be him, this is tough, mostly everyone I like in nXt is either a tag team or a woman, so that's difficult, yeah. Um, I don't want it to be anyone in Undisputed Era. I can tell you that.
1: I wouldn't mind seeing Velveteen Dream get a shot before he goes up.
2: Ooh, that would be really cool, actually. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, I think he might, uh, I mean, he, you know, he's, he's got a couple, he just beat Johnny Gargano. He did. And and he did win his match at TakeOver as well. So I think he may have a claim. It, It wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea.
2: No, I actually think it's going to be really
1: good. it would probably be a really
2: entertaining match, too. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: they teased yeah. one heck of an interesting match with Ciampa later on, though, and we'll get to that. But... Yes. Oh, so many goodness. things. So many worlds colliding. Um, yes. n- next match was uh, one of your favorites, Shayna Baszler. Yeah. Defeating yes. the aptly named Violet Payne, mainly because she was wearing violet and she wound up being in much pain throughout the course yes. of this match. Uh, Again, this is a reestablishment for Shayna because she lost her championship at TakeOver. This is her first match since then. And she really punished the crap out of this girl.
2: Yes, she did. My favorite was when she came out, the crowd just started chanting, Shayna's going to kill you. And she almost did. And I was like, this is perfect. She did like the bell rang. She she had the girl in the submission hold. She submitted. And then she just wouldn't stop. And I was like, that's my girl. She's going to go for this.
1: She kept going back for the choke. See, that's one of those things though. She doesn't have any redeeming qualities. I mean she's a badass, no. but she's kind of a jerk. She did almost kill this girl uh she, by going well, back to choke her several times.
2: She well, like wrestling almost killed, like sports entertainment almost killed. Come
1: yeah. On. Well I mean she, she could is. have I mean she could have choked the life out of her had she so chosen, but uh Yes. Yes. She was but she was she was sending a point.
2: Yes. Kyrie, you're next. That's the point.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, what I, you know what I feel like uh, watching this? I think I have a little bit of a different take for me. I look at this as because Shana's like sub-character is that she's a bully to people. Yes. And mm-hmm. last week she tried to bully Kyrie again and Kyrie keeps standing up to her and essentially not putting her down but like fending her off. Right. And to me this is like what she did here is like what a bully would do. She found somebody a lot weaker who's not Kyrie's level of tough, and she came in here and pounded the crap out of her, and then kept going back and you know she's like, look at me, I'm dominant. Uh, but it was clearly not on a, a, a championship contender level opponent here. So no,
2: no, like but, they but didn't. But it's perfect even...
1: for her character, though I think.
2: Yes. Oh, for sure. It's like like that she's preying on the weak one. Like they didn't even show who the match was against. They just said, like, during the show, they just said, yeah. and tonight, Shayna Baszler. And you're like, well, but who is she fighting?
1: Yeah. when, who when else it, is going to be there? When it says in action, you know it's, uh, you know, a tomato can, essentially. She's going in there with, yeah. a, with a broomstick. <laughs> but whoever this lady is, congratulations on her flexibility because Shayna was bending her in every possible direction. Yes. And yes. some of that yes. stuff looked disgustingly gross. Like, yeah sh- she must be double-jointed or something. I don't know. Yeah.
2: She, she's got to be a gymnast or a person or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, outside the building, Heavy Machinery was conducting an independent investigation into the Alistair Black attack. What uh, do you
2: call Tommaso Champa? Tomato champs. Like that was my favorite part. <laughs>
1: tomato champs. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and uh, Champa ends up confronting them. And he has words with Otis Dozovic. Now, Ciampa had words with Otis, but Otis mainly said weird things and made sounds. And I think they're going to have a match. I'm so
2: excited. That is going to be the greatest match ever. (laughs) Tucky! Tucky!
1: Oh, yeah. I love that he calls him Tucky. Yeah. Tell him about it, Tucky. (laughs) Uh, I love Otis. They're I gonna have too. a they're gonna I mean I don't think he stands a chance against Tommaso, but it'll be fun. Probably
2: not. It'll I was just saying I think it's gonna be funny. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Regal yeah. I mean Regal showed up basically and was like, you know, you two knock it off. Uh and then ordered Ciampa to his uh office. Then we uh we catch up backstage with the undisputed era, who are talking about uh the war raiders, uh Roderick Strong yes. calling them cowards, uh mm-hmm. you know, and he's He's like, you know, we're too famous uh, To hide from anybody Poor Kyle O'Reilly has to admit to the world That uh, he's too famous To even get his own groceries He can't even go to the grocery all store Alright,
2: right. first of all, he's... I also live in Florida We have Publix, and they do delivery It's real easy See, Don't worry about it
1: All those guys <laughs> live in Florida, all of them so. I know,
2: so you don't have to go to Publix They will come to you They will go. The grocery store will come to you It's okay
1: uh, so he needs
2: to stop crying.
1: So they mocked They mocked the War Raiders. Adam Cole interrupted, mm-hmm. uh, saying that we also can't forget about Ricochet and Pete Dunne. Uh,
2: right.
1: Because it's the, as far as he's concerned, the Adam Cole Invitational, because whoever wins that match will eventually lose to him because he is owed a rematch for the North American Championship. I love it whenever these guys do these things because <laughs> they are... They're, Smarmiest. They're so smarmy, but it's... <laughs> It's clever. It doesn't feel like it. Just feels like them improving it. It doesn't oh, feel probably. like it was written for them. It feels like they're just making it up as they yes. go. And whether or not and, that's true, um, you know, it, it's delivered fantastically.
2: Well, there is a very good improv theater near Full Sail University. I'm sure plenty of them take
1: lessons. But yeah, it's smart um, to be smart too.
2: Yeah, but I. What I love about these guys is you have the. I don't. Their names, I know Roderick Strong and Kylo, whatever. Kylo Riley. That they have Kylo Riley. That they have their belts, and the guy in the middle, the one who's hurt, is Bobby just Fish. Holding, Bobby Fish is just holding like this trophy. <laughs> yeah, so
1: they won the. Uh, so they won the uh, uh, back at the Chicago Takeover. They won the yeah. the Dusty Roads Tag Team Tournament, and it's a big right. trophy. But since it's too big, he just carries like a little one, like a representative trophy. <laughs>
2: I just think it's so funny that they just like they, he doesn't even speak; he just stands there holding a small trophy. Yes, like, okay, it's great. Now, see, Adam, and when I think when I think about them, like I don't usually root for Undisputed Era, and I think it's because they are like just like smarmy bad guys. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't want you to win, yeah. but um, that's just me. But I do. I think Adam Cole is hilarious. So yeah, they're. Um, I mean, they're kind of yeah. doing
1: like the cool bad guys thing yeah. where they've got like a cool entrance theme song they've got kind yes. of a fun entrance like Kyle O'Reilly plays like the belt guitar and Adam Cole has his Adam Cole baby thing that everybody does
0: yes. yes so
1: it's fun so they're kind of even though they're really good heel and it it probably doesn't help that they have really great matches as well yes they do uh well and that who's
2: Guy rodrick Strong when he I I saw the episode when he joined Undisputed era yes era and that was like the way he turned was really cool and I'm mm-hmm. like you guys they like they put on a show
1: yeah they do they're so. they're a super good act
2: yes I are. hope
1: they I hope they never break up you like the <laughs> Beatles breaking up for me but
2: yes they I'm just a- need to keep following each other wherever. They-
1: uh, let's see what else we got here. Lars Sullivan and yes. Raul Mendoza. And uh, Raul got a little bit in here, but this was basically a bear mauling a human. Yes. Again, yes. in the whole idea of reestablishing characters, Lars hasn't been on in a little bit. Uh, no. He showed up here. He killed this poor man. Uh, any thoughts?
2: I know. Um, Yeah. So first of all, the size difference just was not fair. No. Like you clearly put Mendoza at a disadvantage, but I will say mendoza very good with the with the kicks yep um i I appreciate like he was quick, um but I mean all Lars had to do was fall over once and he was going to be
1: gone <laughs> so yeah i mean the the thing about Lars is that he's not even particularly all that tall, but he had that um that same genetic condition that guys like big show had or Andre, the giant where their proportions grow like abnormal, like larger than normal proportions for their bodies. Okay. And there's a procedure that you can have done now that stops it. Uh, So it never becomes like, you know, a a crippling disease, but basically, yeah, yeah, but basically he's just going to look like a grizzly bear. With a gigantic, yeah. Oh, yeah. with a gigantic body.
2: Yes, it's, he's just a large man.
1: It's so crazy looking. Uh, outside the building, uh, we see Pete Dunne looking uncharacteristically Pete Dunne like. Uh, the cameraman is asking him about uh, the the Ricochet match, uh, mm-hmm. and Pete uh, is not concerned with Ricochet. He notes that Ricochet yeah. has been uh, a champion for a minute. And as of the time that he said it, and I do believe it is still currently true, he is the longest reigning champion in WWE currently. Uh, it used to belong to Brock Lesnar, but he lost his Universal Championship. Uh, so Pete Dunne is now the, the current longest reigning uh, champion in terms of days right now. And, uh, hmm. as far believe as, it. And as far as Pete is concerned, uh, the only thing that he'll need to figure out is how to put two belts into his mouth. That's- uh
2: Awesome. <laughs> Best response.
1: Uh and Ricochet uh was like uh they cut to Ricochet who was I, I think purposefully wore a suit that matched his championship. Uh Probably, yeah. Uh but he uh he doesn't think that uh the fact that he hasn't been a champion as long as Pete Dunne really matters. It it's about uh, you know, when you go in there, when you get into the match or whatever and uh, your performance. Yep. Uh so uh he they both seem confident uh yes. heading in uh to their champion versus champion match uh for next week. What did what did you think of Pete Dunne's look?
2: Oh, I was just about to say. So, I don't know who styles like the the, the NXT wrestlers, but they do a fantastic job. Yeah. Um because clearly someone's probably picking out the clothes for them, but I will say he looks completely different with a man bun. I did not, I was, that's not him. And then I was like, oh, with a scarf pulled back, he looks like a human.
1: He's not wearing socks. It's just. I
2: know.
1: What a look. It was
2: like, I know, it was like yacht club casual. I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) Just Uh, off a boat? What's (laughs) happening?
1: Up next, we got something I did not expect, which Mm -hmm. was uh, a video feature for the Forgotten Sons and rarely. Oh, yes. (laughs) Rarely, because we were just talking about this last week, right? Like, I wish they would flesh out their characters a bit more. They didn't explicitly tell you exactly what their characters are in here, but I was able to infer what I believe them to be, which, and if this is the case, this is actually, like, deeper than they usually go with uh, characters. Like, I thought by their looks that they're like a biker gang or something, but I had forgotten that a couple of these guys are ex-military And and, in real life and watching this, it sounds like their characters are people who serve their country and they came home and everybody here is forgotten about them. And I
2: mean, that's I'm sorry.
1: Sorry. I mean, that's based off of like real things that happen to real soldiers who come home and it's like the government has forgotten about them. They, you know, they're uh, they have PTSD, so it's difficult to have keep friends Mm -hmm. or family or a job. Uh, So these guys have, like, come together. They're, like, their own support system, and they vowed to never be forgotten again.
2: So it's funny you say that, because when I first started, when that clip first came on, I really didn't think it was a commercial Mm -hmm. for, like, a nonprofit that did something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then I saw it, and I was like, so it makes a lot of sense. And that's unusually political for this realm.
1: Yes, it is. I feel like
2: they stay out of all that stuff. Yeah. So... I mean, but more power too if that's what they're going for.
1: Right. And and like I said, I think it's you've kind of got like the double entendre meaning that there are also performers who never quite mm-hmm. made it on NXT TV and that way they are forgotten sons of NXT as well. Right. Uh, I I'm still not blown away by their in ring stuff yet, but I'm yeah. kinda digging the character a little bit. I like the concept a lot.
2: Yes. Yes. And and I like the commercial.
1: So, Okay, so... I get it. This may be controversial. To me, Uh-oh. Next Step was the worst thing on the show, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Okay, uh, okay.
1: There's a cameraman who is talking to fans, I think. I think they're supposed to be fans.
2: Oh, they're like the students, yes. And
1: there's like a hubbub going on behind them. And mm-hmm. the cameraman's like, S- something going on behind us, guys? And they turn around... And we see Dakota Kai arguing with Aaliyah, and uh, they're arguing when Lacey Evans shows up, straight out of a 1950s pinup poster, mm-hmm. and they're both yelling at Dakota. And then uh, another lady wrestler, Diana Perrazzo, comes up uh, and. Stands with Dakota, and they bicker back and forth. They seem to agree to a match, but not right now, because Aaliyah and Lacey Evans are in their heels, and uh, no way they're wrestling in those. Uh, so they set up a tag match for next week. Uh, despite, I really like Dakota Kai, although I feel like they've, they haven't they have done a good job with her since putting her on television. Um, okay. And Deanna Perrazzo I like a lot. She's kind of new to NXT, um, she's mm-hmm. only had one uh one match uh and that was at the post takeover episode of NXT where she wrestled Bianca Belair and Bianca Beater. Uh, right. I like them both. Uh I did not like this seg- this just did not this rubbed me in all the wrong ways. It just felt forced. I yeah, if uh, I watched this and it felt like they wanted me to think you're Oh, you're watching something live. Like you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to see this. These people are really getting into a fight, but you can't. Like if you look at like what Ali is wearing, and then Lacey Evans comes in in her get-up, like you know, <laughs> no, just put these guys in front of the NXT logo backstage and have yeah. them cut promos on each other for a match next week or something. Right. This did not work for me.
2: Yeah. So to me, it more looked like they were filming because it's within. um, They film at Full Sail University, so I'm like, clearly they just found a spot where students hang out. Yeah, some production
1: production students, and they're like, hey, would you guys help us do this spot?
2: Yes, exactly. And I was like, um, I I even forgot this happened. Yeah,
1: I couldn't (laughs) forget it. It bothered me too much.
2: (laughs) Well, I guess we're going to see the match next week, so...
1: We will or next time, yeah, and I can't so. say I'm overly looking forward to the match either. Although Aaliyah and Lacey Evans are both okay, and
2: um, yeah, I don't love Lacey Evans, mm-hmm. so I don't know what it is. There's just something about about her get up that, I, or about her right now that I'm, I'm not digging. So
1: I know what they're. I know, we'll see. I know what they're trying to do, but she feels like a. Like a stew of like a bunch of different ideas. Like uh, yeah, she's like a she was like a Marine Corps drill sergeant, and she's also kind of doing this, uh, you know, like the Miss USA pinup. You know, like those girls that were behind Captain America in the first Captain America movie.
2: That's exactly what I was thinking. When yes, he's
1: doing the stage show, uh, but she's also doing this Southern Belle proper lady kind of conservative. You know, you know, that's not how a real lady acts, that sort of thing. So it feels like she's like a stew of all of these various ideas, and they're yeah. kind of mushed into this mutant character. Um, and I think,
2: Yeah, they have to flesh that out.
1: And I think Aaliyah's character is that she's, like, Ariana Grande or something, maybe. Um, I'm not positive. I think she's supposed to be some, like, uh, high-styly, um, you know, snobby person, maybe. I don't know. Her character's not very well-defined.
2: No, not yet.
1: I can't say I'm overly looking forward to this. Hopefully Dakota and Deanna will just win and we'll move on.
2: Yes. Maybe it'll be the first match and it'll be like really quick like they have been doing the past few weeks. So uh,
1: Now for the highest point of contention in this show. There's, a, by the way, a lot of backstage segments in a row here. Yes. Uh, Mr. Regal, we're back in his office, and he's finishing an interview with Kyrie Sane, presumably to find out if Kyrie is the one who laid out Alistair Black. Which
2: I think would be the best twist ever.
1: I mean, who would suspect? Right? In fact <laughs> in fact, there was so little suspect that we only saw the end of the interview. Where he's right. just like, Okay, Kyrie, thank you for your time and she's like, Oh, thank you very much, Mr. Regal and then that is it. Yeah. Um so clearly I think we know it was probably Kyrie who did it. Like
0: Yes. Just no Fairly. one's ever
1: gonna know her her motivations will remain a mystery. Um mm-hmm. Kyrie the criminal. Uh maybe that can be her new thing. Maybe she is an evil pirate after all.
2: I was going to say that sounds like a better character than what she has currently. No, <laughs> oh,
1: come on. Uh well, this was really a setup for Cassius Ono to come in because uh in the in the in the suspect video, uh yeah. Cassius Ono is seen sitting with Kyrie. And Cassius comes in, he's like, hey, I'm here to testify about the Aleister Black thing. And Regal's like, hey, don't worry, Kyrie's already vouched for you. Okay. And this angered Cassius. He feels like he's being overlooked. And uh, he's like, look, you're always overlooking me. And then he gives Regal the speech about, you know, the essentially the flash in the pan thing. The thing he cut a promo about last week, how uh, right. there's always going to be somebody new. And there's always going to be some buzz. Uh, but... Uh, If you're a super nerd like me, uh, he left a hint uh, for super mega nerds like me as to who he's actually talking about. Uh, He told Regal at the end, he's like, you know, when your new guy gets here, uh, I'll be waiting for him. And then he concludes with one of my most hated words in the English language, bro. Uh, Which is weird because he's talking about Matt Riddle, who is a guy who they showed on camera at the last takeover every now and again, they'll be like, you know, look who's in the crowd. It's Finn Balor. It's Kevin Owens. And every now and again, they'll be like, it's, Oh my God, it's this guy. He must be coming to NXT. Uh, and Matt Riddle is an ex UFC guy who, uh, decided to go out on the indies and he's made quite the name for himself. Um, and (sighs) it's so weird. I, it's because he's such a likable human. He seems like such a nice guy and he loves wrestling so much.
2: But also okay. his
1: also his gimmick is that he is the king of bros. And he, people chant bro and, you know, he's... But the thing is, he's super likable. And he's, even as a wrestler, he's not like a bro. He's like, you know, he's not a bro in like, you know, a toxic masculinity bro. He's a bro in like what bros used to be, like a stoner bro. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, I can deal with
1: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a laid back, you know, bro. Have a oh, okay. have a joint. I don't know weed talk. Um but um but he's kind of like that. Uh and they showed his face at the last takeover, he was in the audience, and he has not debuted yet. So presumably this is who Cassiusono is talking about. Uh
2: he's coming soon.
1: Yes. Uh, finally, the main event, Nikki Cross, Bianca Belair, uh, Mm -hmm. their match ended in a double count out. Yes. And
2: then it got insane.
1: Yeah. They kind of went back and forth for a while and, uh, eventually it ended with, uh, Bianca and Nikki taking a big bump on the ramp and they both got counted out. Uh, but then when they came to, they decided they were not done fighting yet and continued to brawl. Referees tried to separate them, and it spilled into the audience. Nikki jumped off uh, the commentary desk, and the crowd was chanting, let them fight. And uh, overall, this was a pretty fun main event. I'd like to know your opinion on these two ladies.
2: Sure. Okay, so um, I did not like Insanity. Mm-hmm. So I thought I didn't like Nikki Cross. Yeah, but that's not true. I actually do like Nikki Cross. I found out. Yeah, she's um, pretty it was, fun. Just, it was just the whole like the whole group thing I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought this was a great match. I think like she's just a. I get that she's like over the top and all this and that, but I wish she would like hone it in, just like rein it in, just a little bit. But, yeah. I, um, go ahead. Oh no, sorry, but uh. I thought it was, I thought it was super entertaining. They both did a really good job athletically. And I thought it was cool that they got to go into the crowd and they went on like the announcers table because I feel like not a lot of women women's matches in NXT do that. Rare. So um yeah. yeah, so I thought it was really really cool that these women were able to do that. And also, I will say one of the things I was most impressed about was before mm-hmm. the match, you see Bianca Belair doing tricep pushups. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, "Man, I wish I could do them that well. Like, <laughs> I still have to do them on my knees, but I'm like, but so I just, I, I just, um, I think they're both so
1: incredible. So there yeah. are, there are basically two women who are WWE trained uh, mm-hmm. performers. So I'm not talking about women who've worked on the independence or who have come from Japan. Um, where they have impeccable training and things like that. I'm talking about flat-out, never been a wrestler before, and have been trained strictly by WWE system. There are two women who I think are, like, can't-miss stars, Mm -hmm. and one of them is Bianca. She's she's not been wrestling for very long, but she's really taking to it, and she's super athletic, and she's got a ton of charisma. She is so strong. Like, the way she... Picked up Nikki yes. Cross for the Gorilla Press thingy.
2: Oh, my God. I was just like, again, you don't see women do that all that much. And it was just super, like, you could see her arm muscles. And I'm just yeah. like, I was just in awe. I was she, just in awe. Of it.
1: She had a match against, I don't know if you saw the match she had against Candice LeRae. She had a mm. match against Mrs. Johnny Wrestling. where she did oh, this. Hey, go- yes. Where she did this Gorilla <laughs> Press. But mm-hmm. she picked up Candice from the ground. She was not yes. holding her at like, she, was, she wasn't holding her in like a slam position like she was doing with Nikki here. Candace was on the ground and she lifted her up like she was actually dumbbells and just yes. like lifted her. It was so crazy. She is really strong, super gifted. Um, the other girl has not made NXT TV yet because she's even newer into this. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe you've seen her on some of the shows you've been to, uh, Casey Catanzaro. Oh
2: yeah, she's like the little gymnast looking girl.
1: Yeah, she was on, she got a name for herself on American Ninja Warrior, where she became the first woman to ever complete the course. Okay. Uh, And she is so small and adorable, Yes, and she had her first, um, she had her first televised match on the... Mae Young Classic, which aired after this episode of NXT we watched.
2: Oh, okay.
1: And uh, she had her first match, and, I mean, she's new, but she is, like, the same. She's like Bianca, but different, where Bianca, she's got, like, the, you can feel that bad guy charisma coming off of her. Casey's, like... Casey's like her Johnny Gargano where she's just like girl next door. She looks so sweet. She's so much smaller, but she's super, she was doing stuff. She only did a couple of things in the match, but she did things I've never seen anybody do in a wrestling ring.
2: And I've seen her live, I think, twice, and I've seen Bianca live as well. And mm-hmm. um, Casey, though, she like she really does, she looks like she used to be like a cheerleader or something like that. The way she moves some of like some of the moves she does, yeah, I think and she it's was really a, impressive and really cool.
1: I think they said on the show last week she was a gymnast for eighteen years.
2: Okay, makes sense. So yeah. yeah,
1: like she did stuff. I mean, I don't know if she did them at the shows that you were at, but she did stuff with like the top rope, treating it like a high bar, where she kind yes. of just does like a headstand and then spins. Yep. i and actually, my in some, mind.
2: And some of the, so, and well, small tangent, but in some of the live shows, so, like I said, I saw Shayna Baszler and the other two horsewomen yep. um, versus it's Kyrie Sane and two other women. And then by the end of the match, Casey and this other girl, Lacey, come running out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're all with Kyrie Sane at the end. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yes. So, yeah. Setting them up as the ultimate good guys, I guess.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I think, I think they, I mean, I don't, I trust NXT, there'll be stars in NXT. Whether yes. or not there'll be stars on the main roster, flip of the coin, who yes. knows. It they have a they're not doing a very good job of making baby faces on the main roster mm-hmm. these days. They really struggle. They're really good at making people boo people. Even if they yes. want you to cheer them, they're good at making you boo them anyway. Yes. Uh so who knows, but I think in NXT those are like can't miss people. Yes. And, yeah, I'm um, super psyched. And I like this match, too. I didn't even really I didn't even really get a chance to mention that. I, I liked it. I didn't think it, this main event was as good as, like, last week's main event. Um, or even the one before that. But this was totally fine. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And, uh, I mean, this is kind of like a, a tough spot for them to be in. Because next week it's Pete Dunne and Ricochet in the main event. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's going to be... <clears throat> But they did they did good. And I this for me, this match was still better than uh the vast majority of the women's matches on Raw or SmackDown every week, so mm-hmm. uh this is this was good stuff.
2: And what I will say about Nikki Cross is that I admire her commitment.
1: Oh <laughs>
0: like, yeah.
2: She is she is her like she embodies her character so well. Like it doesn't seem forced. Yeah, and like like so many other people do, like she seems like she's just committed, and I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah, some people some people are themselves on social media. Nikki crosses her character on social media. That's awesome. Like she'll tweet to people, but like in between words, it'll just be like ha 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 <laughs> in between words. Like <laughs> like like That's she's awesome. like it's not a tick. She has to type it too. Like if she's thinking it in her head that this is where I would laugh, she just it must come it. out. Yeah, in one way or another. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so what would you what would you give this week's uh, episode of of NXT on the the old five scale? Probably like
2: a like a two eight.
1: Oh wow! Oh, so we're going like we're we're going by tenths. I didn't know we were going to do that.
2: Oh, sorry. Well, okay. So what? You, well, I was I was, like going, I was going I was going by eight. quarters. Okay, two seven five, five then. Oh, okay, um, so two and
1: three quarters. I, I went with like yeah, a three. Yeah.
2: yeah, I just think I and I it would have been higher, but some of the matches were just
1: boring. No, yeah, they were just re, yeah. It was a lot of
2: yeah. I think there were like reestablishment.
1: Yeah, there were like th- four matches on this show. Yes, and with the exception of the main event, um, you had Lorkin and Birch reestablishing themselves as a tag team to be contenders for mm-hmm. the ch- for the championships. You had Shayna reestablishing herself as uh, the bully and the number one contender for her belt. Uh and then mm-hmm. you had Lars Sullivan reestablishing himself as the monster guy.
2: Right. So, I mean, I thought the in-between stuff like the like Champa and and heavy machinery like they were Fun. super entertaining, but yeah. the wrestling itself was like a little lackluster a,
1: Kind of a one-match show. Yeah. 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 But that's okay. You're not going to be able to win them all. So, uh, That's by the true. way, uh, I think we were amusing about when the next takeover is going to be, it's actually mm-hmm. a, a bit of a ways off. It's not until November. Okay. Uh, it's going to be at the Staples center and, uh, they're doing war games again, which is a show that they did last year, hmm. uh, which had, uh, did you see that show by chance? You, you would have, you would have remembered it. There were two rings, and the, oh, no. and both rings were surrounded by a big cage. And uh it was Sanity versus Undisputed Era versus Roderick Strong and the Authors of Pain and like a big it was like a big match where all of these teams went to war with each other, uh, yeah. essentially. It was, I did
0: not see that.
1: It was big and wild and crazy. Well you'll get to see it this year, uh because they're gonna there you it, go. they're gonna do it in November. Uh, <laughs> although I have no idea what teams will be in it, perhaps Undisputed Era will be in it again. Probably uh, they're a four-man team, and maybe they'll find a, four other guys to 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 fight them in that match. I presume, is or
2: two tag do. teams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm.
1: Lorkin and Birch and somebody else, maybe.
2: Heavy machinery. I just want them to be on everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think the real. I think we just want Otis to be on everything.
2: That's true. That's true. And I don't even just want him to speak.
1: Yeah, I don't have really have anything against Tucker Knight, but let's be honest. Yeah. No. Like Otis is the star of that team. So,
2: well, well, Tucker's the straight man. I get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's there to actually provide information to people about stuff, <laughs> yes. and and Otis is there to just ramble on and make cartoony sounds. Yep. So, uh, all right, so. Uh, That's a wrap for this week's episode. Uh, Head on over to uh, cinemageekly.com. Click on the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page. They're the uh, good folks who sponsor all of the Cinema Geekly podcasts. Uh, Or you can go to cinemageekly.com slash adamtickets to pick yourself up some movie tickets or gift card for the movie fan in your life. Uh, You can also uh, check out the archives of the show, although right now uh, it's not much of an archive. Jacqueline, it's like one episode. But... Uh, Maybe, in time, when I say archive, it'll maybe be a true archive of episodes. (laughs) Uh, I can, however, with authority, say that you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. We're on all of those services now. Uh, Just search for What Comes NXT and hit subscribe. And that way you can hear us come back next week. Talk about uh, next week's NXT featuring Pete Dunne versus Ricochet.
0: I never needed you at all Watch me, watch me shine now Watch me, watch me shine now I never needed you at all